clubhouse. It's nature's way of proving that you're the father. So that you don't think the baby belongs to someone else. And kill it. There's no such thing as a good man, Casey. All men are bad. But some of us try real hard to be good. Welcome back to the Yellowstone Podcast, Episode 2, Season 1. This is Kill the Messenger. How you doing, Steph? I'll tell you, I've got a little bit of some allergies or something going on, so tonight I'll be using my deep and sexy voice. Oh, it's like the obscene <laughs> caller of the month club. Exactly. Points if I you mean... can point out the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be back talking about this. Let's dive in. Uh, what did you think of this episode? This was so a busy far. episode. I mean, I thought like... Episode one was busy. This, even though this was what a half hour shorter, this this had a lot going on. There's a lot to follow. Like no Dan Jenkins. Yeah, I thought that was a little odd because you know he just had his whole river taken away from him. <laughs> but yeah, this one I thought was crazy because like John and his his reach. I know to preserve his family. So I guess this is where we're seeing a lot of the uh, legendary ruthlessness coming out of the the Wild West. It's, you're right. It's a lot going on. I like how we follow each Dutton a little bit to see a little bit more about them. Yeah, like a glimpse to them. Yeah. So I think it makes sense to start with Jamie. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, like his conversation with the governor and the attorney general, it really kicks off the events for this episode. Everything kind of swirls around this conversation that they have. Yeah. He's like being like summoned to the principal's office, though. Yeah, it's like, you know, come on down and you know we need to talk to you. So, But first, it's like, let's talk about your future. But first... But first... <laughs> the very unpleasant report from the medical examiner. So what did you think about what their findings were? I mean, it wasn't going to be a surprise. No. Yeah, it's accurate. I think, you know, it didn't sound like Casey really told the whole story. I know John told him to tell Jamie. Do you think he did tell Jamie the whole story? It doesn't seem so from just how the dominoes fell in this episode. It sounds like he said nothing, (laughs) to be honest. I know. But it's pretty, like, damning evidence i mean you can't really have any other explanation for like five shots all in one in a row and then a kill shot so it's like he's pretty much pointing the finger directly at casey on this one with his kill shots yeah so the the question that i have is does the governor want this just to be gotten rid of or does she just does she want it fixed or does she want it gotten rid of i think she wanted it fixed i think she was giving the duttons a chance to get a handle on it because I think she's in their pocket, you know, and as we see later on, she's definitely in with John. So I think she's just giving them a chance to like sort of CYA, you know? Yeah. See, I was thinking the other thing. I think she just wanted gotten rid of because she said it's already national news. She doesn't want this to like sink ships because this is the thing that takes people down and it sinks everyone. That's true. She prefaced the conversation with saying, let's talk about your future, but first. (laughs) So I feel like she's getting some collateral against Jamie. Be like, you want this job? You got to make this go away. I just feel like that because she had the FBI involved. She had the Bureau of Indian Affairs involved. So I think, and the fact that the national attention was on Montana for not a good thing. I just think she was just like, let's sweep this so far under the rug that it just, we can move a desk over it. 
and never see it again. I was a little curious about the, because they mentioned two agents from BLM say that they saw a rider ride up to Lee, uh, with Lee at the ranch. And we know that that was Casey from the first episode, but they didn't have a chance to identify him. But I'm like, who's BLM? So it's the Bureau of Land Management and they have their own law enforcement wing. So that's where these agents were. So I don't know if you caught that or what. I mean, I remember that comment. This is a lot of law enforcement. Like, yeah, there's a lot of different like a, arms of law out there. Very problematic. For such a lawless place. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say very problematic for jurisdiction issues. Like, Yeah. And then the fact that this happened on an Indian reservation oh, and yeah. just very, very complicated. Yeah, so I was just getting the feeling that the governor really just wanted this to be gone. And she didn't care how it got gone as long as it never saw the light of day again then he goes and asks beth for advice yeah why why Why? like she was like so horrible to him from what we've (sighs) seen already in in episode one that's just like how did he think that that conversation was gonna go i mean did he just not have i guess he just didn't have anybody else he thought he could ask like before bringing it to john because it seems like you don't want to come to john with anything unless you got it figured out yeah like you have a couple of solutions ready to go that you've tested don't be asking him, like, what should I do? He I've got wants... a problem, and yeah. that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> yeah, not going to go well. You're right. But yeah, so, I mean, she just spews venom at him, and it was just, I mean, it was it was funny. It was mean, but it was funny what she says to him. <laughs> she is so mean. And he just says that he's celibate because he doesn't want to pass on the gene that made her. That made me laugh. That's so funny. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, solid burn. Like, she didn't say that, but that was like her sentiment. Like, oh, did you really try to hurt my feelings? And then he just walks out giving her the finger. <laughs> just. I love it. So horrible. I like how he puts the family picture back on the wall. Like, But now it was weird. Did you think that it was weird that, like, Lee wasn't in the picture? Yeah. Like, why wasn't Lee there? <sighs> this family is this messed up. I, yeah, I just don't get it. There's a lot of questions. Thank God we have three seasons to, I'm... you know, answer all these questions. But let's start now. We need to, like, start making our trivia questions list, and that needs to be one of them. Who's missing from the family portrait? Oh, that's, yeah. That's, like, a really good trivia question. We'll be like, Lee, duh. <laughs> like, we will know, <laughs> but... Do you, you know? All the true fans will know. I think that's a great idea. I think I, we can make it a drinking game. Yes. I feel like this is a bunkhouse game. Yeah. <laughs> let's start making our list now. We're going to put it somewhere on. We'll start doing Twitter Twitter questions. Yes, let's do it. Okay. I think so. Not for nothing. John wasn't there either. John and Lee were hmm. off branding cattle. I guess. They were too busy for family pictures, right? I guess so. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before that a father has been traveling or something and missed the family picture. Sad. Sad. So after Jamie is like... <laughs> Rated by Beth, he goes again to John. I guess without a solution, really. But it's not a tested solution. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> I think maybe that's what he was going to go talk to Beth about. He wanted to run that past her and see how crazy it sounded out loud. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's a family issue too. Like they just buried their brother, so I'm sure she wouldn't have had very anything nice to say about that either, though. But he's like telling John, like you, you know, you got to be careful. The report is out. People, it's in people's hands. It points directly to Casey, like they're going to exhume Lee's body and you don't really have a choice about it. So seems like John comes up with the solution of cremating Lee, which I'm a little confused as to why that is such a big problem. Is that a 
Catholic, like, religion type of moral dilemma? For devout Catholics, cremation is not welcomed. It's not, like, widely done in the Uh Catholic tradition. Like, I'm Catholic by my upbringing. About 12 years, 13 years ago, my aunt, who lived here in New York, she passed away, and she needed to be brought back to Ireland. It was going to cost, like, between ten and $17,000 to send her home. She didn't have a lot of resources. So I said to my mom, I was like, you can't, we can't do this. Like we can't ship her casket over there for the tune of $17,000. Like if it's the top end of that, we had her cremated. And I was like, I said to my cousins, I was like, if in in Ireland, I'm like, if anyone has a problem with it, it was my decision. Because especially in Ireland, where it's like, you know, Catholic religion is so much a part of like the daily life. It was just a very odd situation for them they were like well what do we do i'm like you do all the same things you just have an urn instead of a casket so she's buried with her parents back home in ireland and she was added to the headstone it's not a widely held tradition in the catholic religion like i want to be cremated because i'm just like i don't want i don't want to be in the body i don't want to be in the ground no 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 right um like john was having some real problems with it i don't mean this as harshly as it sounds but the priest said he hasn't been there in like since he was like a kid. So yeah, it doesn't seem like he's a devout Catholic. So why would it bother him, other than just like tradition, maybe? Yeah, but he was also reading like the Book of Revelation, like when Beth walked in at one point, and he was asking her what are her thoughts about Judgment Day. Yeah, you know that to me is like very, very much someone who's mulling over his actions and 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 just not in a moral way, but in a more like eternity sense. Yeah. So I felt bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, well, you have to kind of do it to protect your kid. I think I just was struggling with why he's struggling because he doesn't seem like the kind of person who has trouble with immoral decisions. Yeah. And he says to the priest, he says, you know, that he's seen too much bad to think that God exists. Like he doesn't believe in God because he's all that he's seen. So it just doesn't, it doesn't jive. I think he's just super sentimental when it comes to his family then. And also like he probably just doesn't want to have to go through the act of having to dig up his son and having to rebury him. You know, like what we saw at the very end of this episode with his wife uh when he you know revisits her grave yeah like i thought that the scene with john and lee under the tree when there's when he was picking out lee's burial spot was heartbreaking i was like nope dial that one back this one replaced it (laughs) yeah like nope (laughs) yeah so maybe that's why he's having a hard time with it because like he's just he's also really not dealing well i think with the loss he just had that one sort of emotional breakdown in the barn after the funeral but other than that like it's there's really no registering on his face of like what's going on this scene with the priest like went pretty deep so it also has to do though with the friend i guess carl at the Mm -hmm. uh, auction or the rodeo or talking about his son who saw what happened with casey so this took me a couple of rewatches of the segment to Mm kind of catch it all so mccreary and reynolds were the two blm the bureau of land management agents that the governor talked about those were the two that saw Casey bringing Lee on the horse back to the Dutton ranch. They didn't know who Casey was. He just said a rider. These two are now the ones that John wants to corner to change their story, make it more Dutton favorable. So he, he knows one of them. So he knows Reynolds and he, so that's his dad. That's he sees at the, the rodeo. And then the other one, McCreary is the one where he has Jamie find out where he goes to church. Yeah. And how convenient is it that, you know, <laughs> father Bob, Owes John a huge favor. Like, what kind of favor? Just 
This man owes. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what kind of favor could the priest owe Jonathan? That just, it just, that felt really icky to me. The priest sort of catering his message to that guy was kind of weird. Uh, I don't know the phrasing of it, you know, that, you know, Satan attacks the, the shepherd and the flock suffer. It was just like, there's going to be a bunch of people also sitting in that church going like, okay, like this is a bit of a spin. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird message too. Cause he was talking, I mean, saying that the Bible says not to bear false witness. That's true. But they're yeah. talking about one of our neighbors is in trouble. And then he's like the flock and the sheep and the shepherd. And I was like, are you referring to John Dutton as the shepherd of this flock? Yeah, like, like that. I and mean, that's a very exalted kind of a position to put so, put a man in. Like, If you're going with the biblical references here, there's not a man who should be referred to as the shepherd. So I was like... Uh. I think that's my big problem with it, too, is that it's just, it's very, for the priest to be doing that, it's yes. just very, very inappropriate. I was like, what? That's the ick factor for me right now. It's yes, just like, I no. agree. But, you know, kudos to Father Bob. <laughs> Message received <laughs> by the younger Mr. McCreary. Oh, gosh. And then I can only imagine what the private conversation after the sermon was. But, I, I, I mean, this Aaron McCreary, is he going to go along with this if he's pious and God-fearing? Is he going to go along with the lie? Well, I mean, it seems like you're, yeah, if your priest tells you to, I feel like you would. I like, don't this know. This is not, not even Catholic. a moral gray area. This is just a moral, like, <laughs> swamp. A swamp. <laughs> a bog. A bog. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, I'm not Catholic, so I don't know the role of the priest. But I mean, even just take out Catholic or just you're Christian. You would lean to the advice of your pastor, your preacher, your priest, whoever, Yes, you would if they, like, if you go to them for advice and they're advising you to do something, I feel like you would do it based on your, in their congregation every Sunday, you're listening to them speak into your life. Like, they have that position in your life. I have a very devil's advocate story. It's quick. Okay. <laughs> my parents uh, separated when I was seven and have been divorced basically since then. So my mom, in the middle of the strife of do we stay do we not do this whatever she went to her priest and like i said we're catholic and the priest actually told her that no you should just stay and you you know it was for better or for worse the vows you took you know till death do you part she goes yeah but what if he kills me? oh my gosh <laughs> no he was just he's an alcoholic so it was just basically yeah, yeah. like you know the stress of it and like you know the damage that he's going to do to my kids and all the rest of it so but her priest was like no you should stick it out like how bad could it really be and she's like uh no so like three weeks later, she was like, yes, here's the separation order. So she did not follow <laughs> the would-be shepherd of our community. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> she was just like, like you, you can have him come live here for a little while. Well, I mean, they are human. They're True. They're perfect people. So, yeah, I mean, I guess at some point do. You do have to act for yourself, too. You have to account for yourself. But I get the feeling that in this world of Montana, that this is going to definitely be something that is, is followed. We'll try the gentle, the gentler approach with Father Bob. And then if that doesn't work, then there's, yeah. there's stronger methods available. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but the rodeo is a lot easier. Yeah. So, you know, he goes to the rodeo, sits down with his friend and yeah, basically I mean... says, pony it up. And he just, just stop saying what he saw. I guess they've been friends for a while because it's just like, yep, sure, whatever you want. It just makes me wonder, like, why is everyone so willing to be like, yep, sure, no problem, John, got it. Like, I know he's a big landowner and things like that. And he's the livestock commissioner. I was about to say that. And the livestock commissioner, which affects them 
and their livelihood. Yeah, that's probably more what it has to do with too. But you're right. He has. It was pretty easy to convince him to do that. I do, I did love their exchange though about bull riding as a way to like meet nurses, <laughs> and talking about like who's like want to talk to the first person who's ever thought like sitting on a bull was a good idea, and they're like no. The second one would be far more interesting. <laughs> it's one of those few moments that we get, like, where everyone's laughing in this episode. <laughs> was there any laughing in this episode? <laughs> there was a little bit. There was that, that the little, you know, bull riding is way to meet nurses. Uh-huh. And and then when we get to Kate, well, yeah, yeah, I guess we can talk about Casey and Tate. Oh, yeah. They're so cute. Yes. Casey's having some trouble with the tree stump. <laughs> blows it up. And they find a dinosaur. That was awesome. <laughs> Like, oh, that was so funny. That is such a Montana thing to have happen, too. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not going to happen around here. No. That would be like <laughs> FBI agents, like, at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in a building that had a consulate in it and an FBI, like, station. It was terrifying to work there <laughs> because there would be, like, protests outside. And then there'd be, like, men with, like, guns in the lobby. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't like coming to work here. <laughs> Like, can, can I go home for the day? I'm legit. Like, why is there an M16 in my lobby? Oh, and there was a radio station in that same building. Oh, for God's sake. I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I know it sounds made up, but I'm not. It's not. <laughs> so there would be, like, rappers coming in with, like, their entourage. And I, I don't know who those people are. So I we go up to the office and people are like, oh, my God, did you see it was so-and-so? I'm like, who? Who? Like so it was a very, like, lively place to work. So wait, so it was... An FBI office, the radio station, and what was the other thing? And a consulate. I don't remember what country. Obviously something that was causing strife that there were protests. This was like 15 years ago, probably. Oh, 2005. That was like no bueno in the world. Like, yes, exactly. You know, Iraq was hot. Afghanistan was hot. So You're right. It was 2005. Cause... Oh, I did that math real quick in my head. Yeah, <laughs> We've been doing a lot of Common Core this last couple of days. So oh, I'm, I'm good with my Make 10 and, you know. Take away the counters. (laughs) That's funny. I don't know how we got on that subject, but anyways. We were talking about dinosaurs, and like I said, they wouldn't be here, so. Oh, no, we're talking about blowing things up. Okay, here we are. Back, okay, back There we go, back on track. Here we are, we're back. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, blowing things up, that was pretty, I love, yeah, that was funny because Monica's in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that made me laugh out loud. It did, yeah. I felt bad. Because that is such, like, a mom thing. It's like, you finally get, like, five minutes alone to take a shower. Like, everyone's stable. It's quiet. And sometimes having one kid is worse than having more. Yeah. Um, because they can get into trouble and there's nobody to, like, let you know about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so I felt bad. She got, like, her five minutes to take a shower and then she has to run outside in a towel. And, and she's like already, explosion. like, pissed off at Casey. And it's just... It, it was pretty funny. It was funny. That was about all the laughter that I could find in this whole episode. I remember the first time I watched this episode, I thought, is that really a dinosaur? Is that like some cow bones or something? But this time when I watched it, it does look like dinosaur bones. Yeah. Which is way cooler than cow bones. Yeah, definitely. And then I liked the moment that, you know, John took advantage of the the fact that the dinosaur was there to take some like time with Tate. And they were hypothesizing about like what, you know, what took him down. Like a big sea shark. They were talking about like the change of the landscape. I thought that was cute. He's like, how big is that? Yeah, like, I don't want to know what that is. But yeah, so it, it doesn't go good from here on out for me with Casey. It actually goes from bad to worse. He hasn't told Monica about what he's done. Yeah. She's figuring things out. But like, do you think that he'd be able to tell her the truth and keep her or stay together? Uh, I like, I feel know. like that's the demon he's really grappling with. It's like, 
Yeah, he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah. Is there a way that he tells her and she forgives him, or is this just no man's land? I mean, yeah, this is like you're not going to win with this one. Yeah, you're screwed. I know she wants him to tell her, but he's like, no, you don't. Trust me. Yeah. But I go back to what I said last time. Like, I just don't get why you would do that. Like, he was disarmed. Like, the threat is... He was neutralized. Neutralized. That's a good word. So it's like... Why? I, I, I talked to my brother because my brother was in the Navy because uh-huh. I was asking him a bunch of questions because I was like, all right, he has the Navy cross and he's like an expert marksman. And my brother was like, Navy SEAL. Like, has to be. Okay, but Tate asked him. He says Army. Army. But an Army doesn't get the Navy cross. Yeah. So. <laughs> so maybe. But... So based on the, the medals that he had, it, it sounds like he's like a Navy SEAL. That leads us to he's calling up his former commander. I know. He wants to go back. I get that he's feeling like he doesn't just doesn't have anything to offer, but I mean, this, I'd be this just feels like s- running away to me. Yeah, I mean, it is. He's like, I gotta, I can't stay and face like what I did. If she finds out, she's gonna leave me. Right. So, and he could go to jail. <laughs> oh well, that too. Well, that too. Well, he's done. Is he really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it didn't sit well with me. It, it just, and it also just didn't sound that he was back all that long because. There was this criteria that the commander was like, all right, you're out like a year. He's like, well, just under. He's like, oh, well, you fall under the, the deadline. So so he's not back from war all that long. Yeah. And like, you know, Tate's a little kid. So like he's already missed a decent amount. And, you know, you just feel bad for Tate because like he's really just the one who's suffering here because like, yeah. he starts to, you know, just he's asking questions and he's understanding what this means. So again, this is another thing that just didn't sit right with me. The fact that he hadn't talked to Monica and he's already making the decision. Oh, I would be so pissed. You have a parental responsibility here. You can't just, like, not talk about leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I I would be so pissed. I mean, I'm glad she calls him out. I like that about her. Yeah, like, she's reading between the lines and she sees what's going on. I'm glad Tate said something, too. Like, why are you trying to leave again? I hope that he doesn't. I mean, this is the was it end of the episode when he is talking to Monica. He tries to tell her or, or sort of agrees to maybe tell her. She, she gives him, like, a pass. So is that... Like a good thing, or is this gonna? I don't know. These secrets is like, yeah. Just so not she good. says that you know she's. If I give you the lie, will you stay? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like it's kind of like one of these things. It's like you know, I'll tell you a secret, but there's gonna be no repercussions. Yeah. But once you know the thing, you can't you can't yeah, predict know. what your emotions are gonna be. I feel like Casey's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Oh, of course, yeah. And that there's no way that Monica is going to be able to forgive him, especially if what's in the report gets out. I mean, the report's out there. Like, if the governor has a copy, somebody else has a copy. And they're going to know. They're going to see. All you need to see is the picture of her brother with his shoulder with the five bullet holes. That means that his, his arm cannot reach for a gun. Like, she wants to know. She wants to hear it from him. But I don't think she's going to be able to live with it. Yeah. At least not with him. So I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that she gives him a pass, but, or maybe she finds out later. We'll see. So that leads me to my next question. So while Monica and Casey are driving, it sounds like he's about to say that he did it. And then the meth house blows up. Like, what is that? That was really weird. Like, talk about bad timing. And scary and gross. And the dog. And the dog. Why? Why did they have to do the dog? Like the guy burned to a crisp on the ground, dying. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but the dog with no hind legs just—it it killed me. My husband was like, "Oh, why? Why did he have to show that? <laughs> why?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's like it's just like the horse at the beginning of the first episode oh, of uh, right? episode one, where he has to shoot the horse, and the horse is bleeding from the neck." I'm like, mm. "Why? Humans Terrible. can be charred to a crisp." <laughs> 
He said, you know, the guy said his family, and they were like, no family. Like, why are we not disturbed? Yeah. But we're, I'd like to say it's because we're kind-hearted, but we're, like, not feeling for the humans. Casey kills the guy, like, out of out of mercy, I guess. Like, he asked him to, so. And they stick around for the cops, and then Rainwater shows up, and... I think it was interesting that Rainwater pointed out he didn't want to peg Casey like this. Like, he wanted Casey for the For the big murder. thing. Yeah. Yeah, the big hook. He didn't want him for so a little So he's hook. like, I don't want him for this, so we're going to we're gonna make this go away. So I kind of liked how he did that, just because it was, like, juicier plot point. Okay, so, but then he tells the cop to, ben. like, switch yeah. slides with him. So that makes it look like the cop came up and shot the guy, yeah. And then Casey is the witness. I didn't pay close enough attention, so when... Lee and Robert are having the gun battle and Casey steps in. Does Casey use his own gun or does he use Lee's gun to shoot Robert? Because now does Ben, the, the police hmm. chief for the reservation, does he have the slide for the gun that killed Robert? I think he he ran up to Lee. Casey did, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought Lee had a big rifle because he had a scope on it and he spotted Casey off yonder. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> Are well, you, you're picking up the Texan words. Well, you know, between you and Caroline, <laughs> it's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's in a scope and he sees Casey off in the hills. But then Robert is shot with like hmm. a handgun because okay. you can't do what he did with a rifle. No. With, you don't have that much control at such close range with a rifle. You don't have that much control with a rifle full stop. So, yeah, I just wasn't sure. So now I was wondering, does Ben now have the slide from the gun that killed Robert? And that Ooh. would be like... Is this, like, in Rainwater's plan? Is he, like, that much of a chess master to now be able to test that gun and be like, that that one matches? Interesting. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So I wrote that down. I'm going (laughs) to come back to that. We'll have to bookmark that and see if that that comes out anywhere. Because, you know, our predictions that we make, like, this is a really good one. You're you're really right on the money with that. Like, what is... Sometimes I pay attention and sometimes be like, whoop. Sometimes I miss it. (laughs) This could be like a really interesting twist to the plot because aside from that, it was at first, like my reaction was like, wait, why? Like, why? Why did that just blow up? But you're right. Like maybe this is twisting the web a little bit by them switching guns. Monica in the midst of, I think they were driving. I think they were driving. It was right before the house exploded. That she's saying that all of these troubles have come befallen Casey since he let his father back in his life. Mm-hmm. I kind of like sat there for a second. I was kind of like, she missing the root cause of this? Like, this is cause and effect, right? So Rainwater said, we're going to seal John Dutton's cattle because I want to show him who's boss kind of thing and, and reveal my hand. Then the, the cattle battle really happened from the effect of that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think she's taking a very narrow approach to Casey's problems. Because also her grandfather also said, go home. You're not, we're not your people. And you'll be judged by your father's actions. So, like, I just feel like she's taking a very uh, anti-Dutton approach here. Clearly. She doesn't have any reason to really be on, like, on board with John Dutton. Maybe that's just how she sees it. Like, she maybe she doesn't have the insight to see the full picture. And maybe she doesn't know. That's the other thing. She may not know the full story because Lord knows Casey's not telling her anything. So <laughs> it's probably true that her brother didn't tell her much either about, you know, what they were doing. So I really liked how Rainwater pointed out Casey's brand when they were doing the cleansing. And he said, you know, in my experience, when you brand something on your body, you don't change sides. So yes. I thought that was a really interesting thing to say. Interesting observation, but also like foreshadowing or, or maybe too, like sort of pointing out why Casey ended up 
sort of on the Denton side of things, like yeah. maybe just naturally. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting that he involved Casey in a Native ritual at all. That's true. Maybe he has to. Like, you have to cleanse everybody. Maybe. Yeah, I just thought it was very interesting that it was a chance to kind of get to know him now that he'd gotten some more information about Casey from the report. So they got the preliminary copy of the medical examiner report. Through the conversation between Ben and Mo, he learns that Casey is also a war hero. So if he's yeah. putting two and two together, he might want to get some more information out of Casey yeah. by befriending him or just asking him some point blank questions like the brand. That's true. And just what they were talking about, too, during the sweat. Very odd. Basically saying that all men are bad, but they try to be good. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I kind of agree with that. And I don't be men. I mean, people. Like mankind, yeah. Like men and women, yeah. Like, well, and it's a biblical concept, too, that, like, we are born sinful, which is why you need salvation. So, like, he's right. Like, men and women are all sinful. (laughs) All we do is just try to be good. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not wrong. Uh, But, yeah, I did like how he pointed that out, too. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Exactly. But just back to the report. So, now, the fact that the tribe has a copy Mm -hmm. of this report, I just feel like, isn't this going to blow up in John's face? Like, you're doing this, this masterful cocooning of the information right like it's like we're talking about spider webs like we're talking about like all the webs like i feel like he's trying to draw a big cocoon around this one report and alter it for you know his his purposes but there's an actual copy out there of the direct opposite of what he's trying to say does he know that the reservation has a copy the governor did share with jamie that the tribe also got a copy of the autopsy report okay so, so john knows so john knows john's not happy <laughs> he sends in his fixer. He sends in Rip. What a badass. <laughs> yeah, like, where do you even start with it? Okay, first of all, and then whenever Jamie's telling John that the medical examiner got fired for smoking embalming fluid. <laughs> and he's like, say what now? He did what? <laughs> hmm? What'd you say? Like, I'm sorry, in the list of drugs that I know about, that's not one of them. Yeah, like... <laughs> What the? So apparently it has, like, the same effects that, like, PCP has. But, ew. Right? Just ew. As Rip is walking in on the medical examiner, we see him. He's got his cigarettes, and he's, like, dipping them in the embalming fluid. And they're just Mm. turning this disgusting color. I mean, like... So gross. Like, cigarettes are gross to start with, but the brand of cigarettes... For Morley cigarettes. M-O-R-L-E-Y. If you are a fan of the X-Files, you should have shouted, that's the smoking man's brand (laughs) (laughs) of cigarettes. So Morley cigarettes is a fictitious cigarette brand, but it looks like the Marlboro. Okay. Fictitious brand of cigarettes that gets used. I guess it's a way for them to sidestep having to use any like particular brand of cigarettes. But like when I saw Morley, I was like, that's the smoking man from the X-Files. See, there's another trivia point. There you go. Um, I have I have certain uses, and this is one of them. <laughs> dumb, useless trivia. My brain is full of it. You do know a lot of facts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to step up my game because Mike knows a lot of vocabulary. You know a lot of facts. <laughs> Caroline's got all the jokes. I'm like, That's oh, right. Geez. I'm going to have to step, up, step it up. Okay, so Rip, like, oh gosh. Okay, I think they're right in sort of framing this as a suicide. Like, that's really the only way to sort of not point the finger back at the Duttons. But also, that's a kind of a messy way to clean this up. Like, it just looks super suspicious, don't you think? Yes. 
Like, how is this not going to come back around? Absolutely. Like- I mean, just the stuff that he put into the microwave. So he put like this metal kidney dish with all these like surgical <laughs> instruments and a bottle of rubbing alcohol. Like if you're a medical examiner, if you're a coroner, you have just sophisticated ways to do this. And this just looks so... The medical examiner says, he goes, this is going to look like arson. It's like, yes. No, it's not. It's going to look like suicide. No, it's not. Like suicide usually has a note somewhere. Just going to say. It's, it's messy. So messy and really didn't accomplish the uh, goal of like making this go away. I feel like it just looked way like more way suspicious. worse. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, well, let's just add another layer onto this onion. <laughs> so, I mean, I, my question is: Do John and Rip sit down and like over coffee, like come up with this plan, or is it literally like don't ask, don't tell? I don't want to know. I you think go it's do don't ask, crazy. don't tell. I do too, but I'm just joking. Like, seriously, I just don't know that John would be like, okay with this plan. There seemed to be like no sounding board for Rip, I guess, on this one. Yeah. And I don't see him going to Beth for sort of, you know, advice. No, she'll, she'll bite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could get one of those wolves that they encountered in the national park to, you know, help him out a little. Uh, I felt like it was very amateurish. Yeah. For what they're trying to do. You know, taking the computer would be one thing, but just how the quote-unquote suicide, you know, went down. Like I said, if you're a coroner or medical examiner, you've got access to some lethal things. I just felt like from sort of an investigation standpoint, the body you need is now cremated. What? The person you now need is blown up, like, very unrealistically. Yeah, with, you know, medical instruments in a microwave. And then the other two witnesses, like, aren't talking. Like, it just... Yeah, no, well, the other two witnesses have now changed their story. This looks messy. This looks messier than when we started this 45 minutes ago. I agree. You know. I don't know that this was a very good solution. We, we shall see. see. Uh, somehow these Duttons, they're slimy and wriggly and we like them, but they find mm. their way out of the, the weirdest of circumstances. But I did feel bad for what Rip did to Jimmy. Like, I don't know. Like, are they going to make a cowboy out of this man or is he just going to, you know. They're just going to torture him to death. Yes, it's going to be, like, worse than any college hazing. The thought of being duct taped to a bucking horse, I gotta be, I gotta word that very carefully. A bucking To a horse. bucking horse for, like, hours on end, because, like, by the time they cut him off, the horse, like, the sunlight had changed. Oh, yeah, the horse was, this was out, this was, like, all day. Yeah. I mean, he got off the horse and puked, for God's sake. Well, here's the thing, too, is, like, two minutes before they taped Jimmy to the horse, it rolled over on John. So like yes. you're gonna tape it, tape him to the horse, and then the horse is gonna roll over and kill him. Like, and he can't get off. Poor guy. This doesn't seem like a very well thought out work plan for the day. Four o'clock, wake up, eat breakfast. Five o'clock, tape Jimmy to, to a horse. <laughs> tape Jimmy to a horse. Nine o'clock, go to the medical examiner's office and blow it up in like fifteen year old style. Se- Seven p.m., chase wolves in the national park. Yeah. <laughs> this is the day in the life of Rip going. <laughs> I feel like he would have to have some better plans in place for this stuff. And then I have one final question for you. So we we see that the bunkhouse now knows that Jimmy has the brand. Yeah. And it's very new and it's very gross. Lloyd steps up to defend Jimmy. So I this is one of these moments where I was just like, oh, like you're taking pity on the newbie. Yeah. And I just really respect Lloyd a whole lot for stepping up to defend Jimmy and letting him, you know, take the the hot shower in the morning that he gets thus revealing his own brand so yeah did lloyd not know that jimmy was branded what do you think i don't think so until that moment 
And so now, now we have Casey, we have Rip, we have Jimmy, and now Lloyd, we know, are all branded. Yep. The so other ranch hands have to be wondering, like, uh, what is we, going are on? Are we missing out? Are we not missing out? Because that looks painful. And, you know, just the significance of it. So I just, I have questions. Like, does John have the brand? Like, I think we asked this before in the first episode. Like, does John have the brand? Did Lee mm-hmm. have the brand? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Does Beth have the brand? No, we, no, we know <laughs> Beth, Beth doesn't have the no, brand. No, she doesn't. No, we know that. <laughs> just these questions, like the significance, especially for the ranch hands that are there, because their faces were like, whoa. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out, especially since, like, Jimmy's like the low man on the totem pole. So he's the one that gets all the, the crap thrown at him. So oh, yeah. um, now that Lloyd knows, does this change the dynamic? Although Rip has the brand and Jimmy has the brand and, and Rip just treated Jimmy like dirt. Yeah, but I think Rip's just trying to like just make him a cowboy, I guess. So <laughs> we'll, we'll forgive Rip. We'll forgive Rip for this. I got a soft spot for Jimmy. I feel bad for him. Uh, well, yeah, I do too. I don't feel like he's going to be walking too well. No, later. I think he's going to need like a couple of days off between. I don't think he's going to get a couple of days off. I don't think he's going to get a couple of days off. Oh, between like the brand, like searing in his chest, he had dynamite the last episode that he was dealing with. Yeah. He's just, he's had, he's had a rough, he's had a rough first week. He really has. <laughs> do not envy this poor guy. I loved though how when Beth was like outside the barn and Rip was like, I do not have time for your bullshit today, woman. Yeah. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Yeah, that was another laugh-worthy moment. All right, we got three. (laughs) (laughs) So, what did you think of their date? Oh, in the National Park with the wolves killing the elk? Not my idea of a very romantic spot, but, you know, I guess a a bottle of Southern Comfort will do that to just about anything. Uh, It it makes me wonder about Beth's demons. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's got to be a lot of them. (laughs) She does not seem stable. No, no, definitely (laughs) not. Um, Yeah, the fact that, like that she chases down the wolves and the wolves some of them kind of stood their ground for a second until rip started like you know blazing through it's like we'll, we'll deal with the crazy one but there's like oh there's a bigger one never mind <laughs> there's a bigger one <laughs> <laughs> they smell what he did to the medical examiner so they're like yeah we're out of here oh, yeah never mind <laughs> so there were wolves and then i just had a question about like the the coyote the coyote did that uh signify anything to you the one in the middle of the road? The one, yeah. Yeah, it has to mean something, but I kind of didn't get it because Casey, it like stopped him in his track. And his eyes were like, he was... And he, he was like... He was upset. Upset by it. Yeah. So, also, like, why did we have to see the aftermath of that? That was disgusting. Yeah, that was just not necessary, but I'm sure, <laughs> like, you know, poor animals there. in this show. <laughs> yeah. This episode in particular was rough on these poor animals. To love to see if there's significance about coyotes or something and wolves. I just like I just liked all the animal play in this one. I don't know, girl. This was a crazy one. Yeah. I feel like super sloppy episode two. Not in terms of production or writing. I just mean in terms of like the blood and the the like suicide yeah. and all that. Suicide it's a little by sloppy micro- by microwave. <laughs> suicide by microwave. <laughs> Let's see what happens next week. Yeah, well, Dan Jenkins has got to come back because he's his rivers run dry. <laughs> and he, I'm sure he's not going to be He's doing happy. his mulling. Yes, he's, he's, he's regrouping. He's probably calling up some lawyers, seeing what his uh, options are. Yeah, so we'll be back real soon for episode three. Thanks for listening. This is Sheila. This is Steph. And if you could remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, five stars would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production.
Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.